0: Welcome to the Porter Hospital Mental Health PHP and IOP audio recording series on improving your coping skills. These audio recordings are designed to supplement material presented in the context of treatment groups and other activities in the IOP PHP. The recordings will focus on the use of cognitive behavior therapy and dialectical behavior therapy skills. Practice these skills is essential to your ability to use them to your benefit to better manage any emotional and behavioral difficulties that you might have. These recordings are intended for participants in the Porter Hospital Mental Health, PHP, and IOP program. These recordings are designed to supplement the material learned in groups and are not intended as a standalone treatment or a replacement for your own treatment. If you're having thoughts about harming yourself or others, please immediately contact your own treatment provider. Take yourself to the nearest emergency room or call 911.
1: The following is from the handout uh, by Cindy Sanderson, PhD. It's Mindfulness for Clients, Their Friends and Family Members. The description of mindfulness that follows is for anyone interested in the topic, although it's written mainly for those of you brand new to this concept. It's drawn from the work of Marsha Linehan, the psychologist who developed DBT. Dr. Linehan is among several prominent therapist researchers who are integrating mindfulness skills with other standard ways of doing therapy. They are all working to create new and more effective ways to help people. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is awareness without judgment of what is via direct an immediate experience. You are being mindful when you eat dessert and notice every flavor you are tasting instead of just eating dessert and having a conversation and looking around the room to see who you know. If you're being mindful you're not thinking is this good or bad to have dessert you're just really having dessert. You're being mindful When you get free of anxiety or self-consciousness, when you just dance to music and experience every note instead of wondering if you look graceful or foolish. You're being mindful if you're thinking about someone you love or someone you hate, and you pay attention to exactly what your love or hate feels like. You're not caught up in justifying the love or hate to yourself. You're just diving into the experience with full awareness that you're diving in. You're being mindful if you walk through the park, you actually walk through the park. What does that mean? It means you let yourself show up in the park. You walk through the park aware of your feelings about the park. You are aware of your thoughts about the park. You are aware of how the park looks. You are aware of your sensations of each foot striking the pavement. This is a lot different from taking a walk in the park and not showing up. Not showing up means that instead of walking through the park and really being aware of the park, you are distracted by the thoughts of what you'll have for lunch or feelings towards the friend that you just had an argument with or worries about how you're going to pay the bills this month. If you stop to think about it, you'll realize that very few of us devote ourselves to living mindfully, meeting each moment of life as it presents itself, with full awareness, letting our judgments fall away. Instead, we do things automatically without noticing what we're doing. We churn out judgments about ourselves and others. We do two, three, five things at once. We frequently get so caught up in our thoughts and feelings about the past or the future that we're lost in them, disconnecting from what is happening right now in front of us. Of course, there are a lot of rewards for living this way, we can get a lot done quickly. We usually think of ourselves as very efficient. And we're seen by the world as productive and smart. In our highly technological societies, there's a high value placed on doing a lot at once. In fact, some people make fun of each other by saying, what's wrong with you? Can't you do two things, do, do two things at once? We also live without awareness because sometimes living with full awareness is very painful. We avoid painful thoughts and feelings and situations we're afraid of or angry or ashamed or sad because we're convinced that we can't do anything to change them. And we avoid these situations because we're convinced we can't stand to live with them. For instance, have you ever avoided bringing up a problem in a relationship with someone because you're afraid the person will get mad at you or maybe attack you or leave you? you keep avoiding bringing up the problem because you feel so scared so you get yourself off the fear hook temporarily by not talking about it at all in the meantime you're ashamed of yourself for not speaking up you get more and more annoyed with the other person you try to ignore what he or she does that bothers you but the problem gets worse and worse finally you just give up letting the relationship end Well, maybe the problem could have been solved, maybe not. But there's an important distinction to make between the unavoidable pain of having a problem with a person you love versus the suffering you cause yourself by letting fear control you, by judging yourself for feeling afraid, by assuming nothing you try would work, and by feeling guilty about feeling anger towards someone you love, or by judging the person for causing the problem. There are so many ways mindfulness could help with this example. Let's look at a few. First you could use mindfulness skills to bring your full attention to the feelings of annoyance instead of pushing them away or trying to talk yourself out of them. Maybe you're afraid you can't stand to feel annoyed but actually watching how you feel inside you realize hey it's just annoyance for 10 minutes I can stand it. Or you could use mindfulness to become a great detective and notice exactly how and when you feel annoyed. Maybe it's when he or she's had three cups of coffee before seeing you. Or maybe you get annoyed when both of you are tired. Or maybe it's when you each had a bad day at work. In this way, you use awareness to get specific and clear about what contributes to the problem. The more specific you get about what goes into the problem, the better chance you have to solve it. You can ask her to drink less coffee, or make plans to get together when you're both rested, or don't meet on bad work days. This is using mindfulness to find solutions. You can also use mindfulness to watch how your mind generates thoughts like, for instance, thinking, It shouldn't be this way. Why can't we just get along? or maybe thinking real friends don't have problems. Listening in on your thoughts without judging them, you realize that your expectations don't fit with reality. So you can work on changing your expectations. Or you could use mindfulness skills as you talk through the problem with your friend to bring your full and open awareness to whether or not you experience your friend listening to and understanding you or do you experience her as defending herself and criticizing you? If she's really listening and caring, you might notice relief inside yourself and decide to keep working with her on the problems in the friendship. On the other hand, if you notice that she is dismissive and non-responsive each time you talk about a problem, you might notice that you are sad and disappointed but not willing to put more energy into a friendship that makes you unhappy. To summarize, mindfulness is awareness without judgment of life as it is, yourself as you are, other people as they are in the here and now via direct and immediate experience. When you are mindful, you are awake to life on its terms, fully alive to each moment as it arrives as it is and as it ends. Of course, in order to build and maintain mindfulness requires specific skills that are practiced over and over and over again. Mindfulness is a skill that can be learned like any other. There's nothing mysterious about it. It's like learning how to ride a bike or cook good meals or paint with watercolors or play a musical instrument. You start with easy practice and progress to harder practice. You take classes in it from people who know more about it than you. You make friends with other people who are interested in it so you have a built-in support group to keep you going when you get discouraged. Sometimes you will feel like you're making a lot of progress and other times you'll be discouraged. But it is certain that if you practice, practice, and practice your skill at mindfulness will improve. So what's practice? The practice of mindfulness is the repetitive act of directing attention to only one thing in this one moment. And if you're brand new to mindfulness, you may respond by saying, I can already do that. Or why on earth would I do that? My reply is, it's a lot harder than it sounds. And the reason you do this kind of practice is to gain control of your attention. I hope you'll stop and think about the following sentence. Whatever your attention is on, that's what your life is for you at any given moment. I'm going to repeat that sentence again. Whatever your attention is on, that's what your life is for you at any given moment. Here's an example. Perhaps you decided to take a break from working so you can make yourself some tea. As you stand at the stove, your mind wanders off and ruminates about a conversation you had yesterday. Well, you actually don't get a break because your mind isn't on the tea. Your mind is on worrying and carrying you away. Another example may be that you'll be sitting in a session with a therapist who cares about you and has a kind expression on her face but you're not looking at her face. Not really. Instead, you're feeling so self-conscious and ashamed that you begin to space out. You miss out on the one moment of connection with a person who really cares for you, and instead, you're focusing on the moment of rejecting yourself again. The repetitive act of directing your attention to only one thing in this moment means training your mind to pay attention to what you choose to pay attention to instead of letting your mind hijack you. There are lots of metaphors that describe what the untrained mind is like and they provide a good contrast to the trained mind. Here are a couple. Your mind is a TV that's always on but you can't find the remote the TV set gets up to 300 cable channels but because you don't control the remote your untrained mind keeps playing the same painful or scary or enraging shows over and over again another example of an untrained mind is from Zen the untrained mind is like a new puppy you tell your puppy to sit and stay but your puppy immediately runs away, rummages in your closet, chews up your new shoes, goes through the garbage can, and has an accident on a carpet. A third metaphor for an untrained mind comes from a Christian contemplative, Thomas Merton. He said the untrained mind is like a crow flying over a wheat field in the winter. The crow spies a lot of things that sparkle in the field and quickly swoops down to pick them up, only to discover that what's glittering in the field are old pieces of scrap metal, not something delicious to eat or something to use for a nest. If you train your mind to pay attention then you have found the remote control, you've trained the puppy and you've become a smarter crow. To teach your mind to pay attention you practice paying attention over and over again. I'd like to just give you kind of a typical practice and if you want to you can take a break from this tape and actually practice this mindfulness. If you want to train your mind to pay attention then you found the remote control. You've trained the puppy and become a smarter crow. To teach your mind to pay attention you practice paying attention over and over again. Here's an example of a typical practice. Get in a comfortable position that won't cause you discomfort, with your feet on the floor and your back straight but not tense. Sit very still, breathing normally in a quiet room. Now just watch your thoughts for a few minutes. Don't try to force thoughts or think specific thoughts. Don't push away thoughts or hold tight onto others. Just watch what your mind generates if your mind wanders away from watching your thoughts or you get stuck on one thing like planning what you're gonna do after you do this exercise just notice that it wandered and gently bring it back to watching your thoughts if you start to judge yourself I'm terrible 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 at this or this is stupid to be thinking this or this is a waste of time just notice your judgments and go back to watching your thoughts. Try to practice this for at least five minutes. Linehan has a helpful metaphor for this type of practice. Your mind is like a boat that is tied to a chain with an anchor. Mindfulness is the anchor and chain that gently pulls the boat and the boat your attention back each time the waves start to carry it away. Even if your mind wanders off a thousand times, you've done the exercise right if you gently pull your attention back to the point of focus. There's no right or wrong to it and all that matters is paying attention to your experience while you do the exercise as well as you can. You can do this type of practice with anything you care to bring to your full and undivided attention. In doing so, you'll learn a lot about yourself, about other people, and about any situation you find yourself in. And just like a muscle that gets stronger and stronger with exercise, your capacity to move your attention to what you want to focus it on will grow stronger. In DBT the goals of mindfulness practice are simply to practice and to experience the wise mind. You're in your wise mind when your emotions and your thoughts work together so that the wise action is easy even when your life or circumstances are really hard. You're in your wise mind when you can meet each moment of life as it is, not as you would have it to be, and then respond skillfully to life. People have different names for this wise mind. Some people call it the true self. Other people call it spirit. And some refer to it as being centered. The name doesn't matter. What matters is the capacity to have it and everyone has that capacity. Furthermore, anyone and everyone can decide to work on making the capacity for the wise mind stronger and stronger. Notice that I'm not saying the goal of mindfulness practice is happiness or having a life free from trouble or having an experience of non-stop joy. However, people who practice mindfulness will tell you that they get better at enduring pain, better at solving problems, better at not creating misery for themselves, and better at participating fully in those moments of life that are joyful. So I encourage you and invite you to practice mindfulness over and over again.
0: We hope you find these audio recordings helpful. These were designed to supplement the coping skills you've been learning in the CBT and DBT groups, not to replace those groups. We plan to add additional audio recordings in the very near future. If you have any questions, please contact your treatment coordinator.